if you don't use uh, MailChimp, I imagine there's probably some Zapier connections. Yes. With all the other, because they have connections. Zapier. 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 <laughs> um, tomato, tomato. It's, I actually don't know anyone who calls it a tomato. That's true. I, I don't either. think I've ever heard that. Potato. Yes. Uh, pecan or pecan. That's more contextual. Depends on if it's a pie or not. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Where is this podcast going? Off the rails. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Buzzcast. We've got our usual suspects this week, myself, Kevin, Albin, and uh, some fun podcast directory news to jump into. Fun for some of us. We'll see We'll see where Kevin lands when we jump into <laughs> I'm the grumpy kid, part two. <laughs> I don't like any of these changes. <laughs> That's not me. Remember when podcasting was only for iPods? <laughs> <laughs> I am not cynical. I, I, well, I, I hope I'm not cynical. I, I, we haven't even announced the topics. I'm cautious. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? Well, right. so the first thing I want to talk about was uh, an email that it's it's a bit of news that could be helpful for you people that are getting started with podcasting or are uh, thinking about launching a new show and want to do some kind of pre-marketing and build up anticipation and also do their due diligence and get their podcast listed everywhere before they launch. Um, Apple Podcasts said that now there's a feature inside of Podcast Connect where you can hide your podcast. Mm-hmm. So you could submit your RSS feed and get approval from Apple, and they typically take longer than most of the other directories. And so we encourage people submit a trailer or episode one to Apple Podcasts as quickly as possible so you can get in there so when you actually launch, you're already everywhere, right? Uh, well, So now Apple will let you submit and hide your podcast. So if you wanted to launch with like three episodes, but you don't want those episodes showing up, you can hide your podcast and then unhide it when you're ready to launch, which I thought was a cool, a cool little feature. Yeah, I think it's a, I mean, this isn't like a game changer for the industry, but I do think it's a good thing to have because Apple in a smart way has always said, you're not, we're not going to sub like approve your show until you have at least a episode. And so what ended up happening was we kind of did these fa- these little trailers and they often were not a real trailer, like with a real audience. They were just like a, Hey, the show's going to come out next week so that you could basically pick your launch date. And that was the main point of those trailers. That's why we told people to make trailers. And now you can just record your podcast, put it in there, put it on hold and get into the other directories pretty quickly and take it off and you're ready to go on launch day. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to ask some questions about it because I don't really fully understand the feature and and maybe Travis or Alvin, you do a little bit better. I, so I saw the part that when you, you can hide a podcast, I saw that. And then it says if you hide it, it takes up to 24 hours to hide. Um, so I'm assuming to unhide would also take about 24 hours, which Act. is great because yes. typically submitting a new podcast can take up to two weeks. And so I'm, and I'm assuming they're doing this because like having a launch day and building sort of an event around your podcast launch is becoming more and more of a thing and a, a smart strategy. So I think they're trying to accommodate that, which is really cool. My question is, is when you first submit your show, do they have an option to like get this approved and keep it hidden? Well, so once you submit your podcast through Podcast Connect, then once you finish the submission process, you can see like waiting for approval or like in processing. Mm-hmm. So instead of a green dot saying that it's live, you'll have a yellow dot. And so you can go in and edit it with that yellow dot and say, hide the podcast. Oh, okay. So it's not like it'll show up and then disappear. Right. You can, in the process of getting it approved, after you complete the submission, you say, I want to hide this podcast. Yeah. Okay. That sounds cool. We should update our, maybe our submit guides or instructions to make people aware of that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely make sure that people know about that. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean don't record a trailer because of the second piece of news that we're going to dive into, which is that Spotify just released a new, we'll call it a feature. We'll call it a feature inside of their app um, where they are promising that they're going to promote podcasts that you haven't listened to yet, that you're not subscribed to, that they think you will like listening to. So this is kind of like a Pandora thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Spotify does this with their own curated playlists, right? So my wife listens to a playlist where it's like 90s pop. She listens to that on Spotify? Right. Kevin's giving me the glare. Wait, uh, that wait, actually, wait, wait, wait. That's like against company. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. Awesome. <laughs> we ha- should I have disclosed that in my uh, entrance interview? Uh, by the way, I have a Spotify account. Yeah, everyone here has a Spotify. <laughs> Except me. Except I, for I Kevin. Actually, I'm an Apple. Po- I'm Apple Music, but Tom and John are big Spotify yeah. fans. So, so they do. They do a pretty good job of like curating these playlists, and you're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that song, and I, yeah, I used to listen to that band, but I didn't actually look for them. Somehow, Spotify just knew that that's something that I would like listening to. Yeah. So they're gonna start doing that. With podcasts. Isn't that fun how much Spotify knows about you? <laughs> like like I teased, we'll see how Kevin feels about this. Yeah, anyone who's listening to this for the first time, Kevin is uh, getting more and more apprehensive about Spotify big data. Yeah, right? I, I'm, on, I'm, I'm an on... Ugh, cut that out. I'm an online... <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut it out. <laughs> I'm an online privacy advocate, I guess. Yeah. Maybe not like in... In as much as some people, like I'm not out there, like, you know, picketing on the streets, but I believe in online privacy. And so the more that these tech companies know about me, I'm not excited about it. Even if they spin the the use of my private data for my benefit, I still am very weary. I ask, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to get excited about features like that. Now, that's not to say that's what Spotify is doing here. I think it's very easy to make podcast associations and recommendations based on your listening habit without them having to invade my personal privacy to do that. Yeah. Right. Like there's a good chance. Um, if I listen to this show, I would also like this show, like audience crossover, similar genres, whatever. I'm not saying Spotify is getting into my personal information to do it, but at the same time, I'm weary of stuff like that. And so I'll keep an eye on it. And if we see anything that you should know about as listeners or whatever, we'd be happy to report it and give you our take and you can formulate your own take. Yeah, I remember I listened to um, when Pandora came out with their new podcast recommendations. I was super pumped because I remember college, like when Pandora was new, listening to tons of songs and like ranking them all religiously because I was then I was finding all this new cool music. And so I was like, yes, we're going to do the same with podcasts. The difference was I'm listening to all these podcast episodes that are 45 minutes long and I'm like, upvote. And then it's like, okay, I only got through one episode today. Whereas with Pandora, I'd listen to 30 new songs in a day. And so I think the algorithm was taking a little bit longer to catch on. So it was a little bit slower. Um, It'd be interesting to see how Spotify is able to do it. I guess you probably have to have all your listening habits inside of Spotify for them to really have good data to be able to figure out, hey, you're going to love this new show. Yeah, well, well, since I'm a heretic in the office and I have Spotify, I decided to go ahead and try it out. Um, Some poor person from Spotify is listening to this going, why do they hate me so much? <laughs> <laughs> well, Travis doesn't hate you. No, and so so essentially what happened, or th- the way the new feature rolled out, is when you go to your homepage, if you scroll down to your top podcasts, which are the podcasts that you subscribe to, 
there's going to be a new uh, option called Your Daily Podcasts. And then in Your Daily Podcasts, it has like, okay, these are the podcasts that you're subscribed to. Here are some new episodes from this podcast. And if you scroll down, you'll see this little, it's like a, like a semi-episode with the Spotify logo that says Try a New Show. And then below that, it has podcast episodes from podcasts that you're not subscribed to. Um, and the way that they say that they use the data is they look at your listening habits from the previous 90 days and curate a, play, a playlist based on that. So if you listen to a lot of podcasts on Spotify, then their suggestions are going to be better tailored for you than if you listen to like four right. in the last three months. Um, and so I don't, I don't use Spotify as my daily driver for podcast listening. So I just went in and clicked on a bunch of different random podcasts to get the feature to open up for me. And so I'm getting kind of a lot of the bigger podcasts, the ones that you would see on the Apple 200 charts. Um, Cause Spotify is like, Hey, these are safe bets. Uh, like everybody's heard of uh, armchair expert, whether you like it or not, it's a different story, but they're going to promote that one. Serial killers. They're going to see if I like true crime podcasts. The uh, trailer for the Oprah podcast is on here. An episode of the daily is on here. And so, so what, Spotify is trying to do is they're trying to introduce you to more podcasts. So you listen to more podcasts. So you just keep using the Spotify app more, right? right? Like that's their goal is to keep you in the app. And so it's in their best interest to make this as great as possible. Um, and so hopefully what this does, my, my dream for it, I'm a little more maybe optimistic, um, is that this allows people that are more casual listeners that maybe only looked through like the top charts are going to get exposed to more independent podcasts that mm-hmm. aren't charting, but align with their listening habits really well. That's that's what I hope happens. Kind of the jury's out. This literally just launched today. Um, so very early in the process of seeing kind of where Spotify goes with this. But, uh, you know, findability has always been an uphill battle for podcasters. And so right. I think... So I don't want to sound all, pessimistic. All things being considered, all things being considered, this could be a net positive. <laughs> I don't want to sound pessimistic. Let me push back a little bit because yeah. read me the list of recommendations again. Now, again, this was a three-minute test case, but our first test case, they are recommending what? So I have the trailer for Armchair Expert, which okay. is a podcast by Dax Shepard. Right, celebrity. I've got the trailer for Serial Killers, which is a, uh, a pretty true popular crime podcast. True crime podcast right? I've nice. got a, a full episode for My Favorite Murder. Super popular true crime podcast. Yep, I've got a full episode for Lore. Super popular. That's Wondery Network, right? Uh, I believe so. I've got an episode for, and that's why we drink. I don't know that one. Is that indie? I I I have never seen it before. Woo! Apparently, they think that I like to drink a lot. I've got an episode for the Daily. Super popular. And then I've got a trailer. Most downloaded of all the time. The most popular. Okay. <laughs> and then I've got a trailer for Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. Oprah. I'm not familiar with her. Um, she does. So, it's a pretty big podcast. Okay. And that's why we drink. I pulled it up on Chartable. Um, it's it's a top two hundred show, but it's not maybe not the top. I mean, Stitcher. It's the seventieth most shared podcast. It's twenty eighth uh, society and culture. Okay, so that's pretty hopeful. I mean, it's obvious that that a lot of these hugely popular shows are going to make smart recommendations, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But if we can get one or two indie shows in the list of recommendations, I think that's a win. Right. Well, especially let's say that you listen to a lot of business niche podcasts, for instance. Right. And so you're already subscribed to the popular ones. Right. What are they going to show you? Well, first, they're going to show you if Spotify has any of their podcasts that they think fit you, then they're going to show you those. Right. right? Because they're paying money to make those. 
But then they're going to they're going to think, what are the other business podcasts that this person might like? Right. And that's where those can really bubble up to the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think it has some potential for findability. And just in this kind of first experience with it, noticing that half of them are trailers makes sense. It makes sense to me. Yeah. If I'm going to try a new podcast, I don't necessarily want to listen to an hour and a half episode, but I'll listen to, the, to a three-minute trailer to see if it's something I may, might be interested in. Right. This is a smarter implementation. Apple Podcasts already does this. If you're listening to a podcast episode in Apple Podcasts and then you scroll down below like the show notes and yeah. all that stuff, at the very bottom they have a section called You Might Also Like, and they're making associations between podcasts. So you're listening to this, and people who have subscribed to this show also subscribe to these shows. Um, but this is a smarter way to do it by featuring um, <clears throat> doing it as a playlist, first of all, is a smart way to do it. So we already know that you want to listen to some podcast episodes. Here's some that you already subscribe to. And then just going right after that, here's some new podcasts that you haven't listened to that you might like. And then doing playing the uh, trailers instead of like full episodes is a great way to people get people engaged in the show to see if they want to listen to more. So I like it. I hope that other podcast apps learn from this and uh, build upon it. Like there was an app years ago called Swoot, I think. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first articles that – was it one of the first articles that you wrote for our blog? Did you do a review of Swoot? At one point we had a review of Swoot, but Swoot was this app that played short snippets of podcasts. And so you would just load up Swoot. You would choose a couple categories that you'd like, and you'd hit play. And we didn't have trailers at the time, but it would just play like the first two or three minutes of a podcast, like random segments. And if you liked it, then you could just hit subscribe. It would just subscribe to that show. But it was kind of like, like – um, listening to the radio in your car and you're on what's that mode called where it just goes through different stations. Oh, when you're uh, scanning, scanning. Yeah. 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 It was like a podcast scanner. Um, Apple bought it and I thought that they were going to do something cool with the technology, like build it into the podcast app or something, but they never did or haven't yet. Um, but something like this would be really helpful with podcast discovery. So I like that Spotify is trying to innovate in this area and maybe this is, a huge win. Maybe it's not, but any progress in this area is helpful for podcasters, especially independent podcasters. Um, I pulled up the Apple podcast preview just to see. uh, So I went to buzzcast. So if you're listening to this show, you probably also like these podcasts. Five minute Monday with Travis Albritton podcasting in real life, uh, retired, but also with Travis Albritton, how to start a podcast with Travis and I, Build a big podcast, the Podcaster Lab, Podcasting Coach, Pod News, How to Start a Podcast Step by Step, Podcasting Simplified. If you listen to this show, apparently you just listen to a ton of podcasts about podcasting. Um, I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. Top 15 are all other podcasts about podcasting shows. And this kind of maybe leads into one of the things that has never felt super exciting to me about almost any um, recommendation engines is like you think of YouTube, the whole goal is to actually make you a little bit more boring and predictable. And so if you're the type of person who, I mean, isn't this a little boring? If someone said to me, Oh, you listen to buzzcast. Why don't you listen to the same people talking about podcasting in a different format? Well, there's a good likelihood you'll enjoy that. But do you want to become someone who only not, I mean, some people probably listen to a bunch of these, but, and they're not boring. But if you listen to like only podcasts about podcasting, you're missing out on a lot of other good stuff. 
you're missing out on the cool true crime and you're missing out on the cool sports podcast and the one about your hobby. It reminds me of, you know, the first time I launched Apple Music, I'm sure Spotify does some something similar. I know Pandora does. When you first load the app, it asks you what are your interests. And it tries to then recommend content based on your interests, not necessarily what you're listening to. Because if I'm just typing in my favorite artists, then they're just going to show me more artists that are similar or more music by those same artists. Right. But if my primary music genre is rock, but I also am open to the idea that I might like some country songs, you know, I might click country as a genre of music that I'm interested in, even though I'm not necessarily searching out those artists. Yeah. But I'm totally fine with them throwing a country song in my mix once in a while. And I think that's what we need in podcasting. We need apps that help stretch us a little bit and show us, hey, there's more in this space than what you would just search for. Because if I can search for it, I don't need your recommendation engine, right? Yeah, I think that's what I get on YouTube that totally bums me out. It's like I watch one show about, I don't know, any, anything you watch one show, I watch something about some football highlights. And then it's like, do you want to watch like entire games from 2014 of football games that are in the past and then watch like 12 more football hits. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like a casual football fan. Like it's cool to see some highlights. Now I want to move on to other stuff in my life. And it feels like YouTube's like, no, I know you, man, super football fan. You got to come back for more and more and more. Right. Or like Apple podcast is like, you are obsessed with Kanye West. And I was like, I think I just told you at one point, like I like his music. I'm not a super fan just yet. Yep. So it'll be interesting how all this plays out. As far as practical advice, just at first glance, it seems like Spotify is testing whether people are more likely to click on a trailer or a podcast episode. Because again, it's very early on. Um, so if you don't have a trailer, you can very easily record a two to three minute trailer, backdate it before episode one, and then publish it. Yep. Just make sure you mark it as a trailer in your episode list. Yeah. So when you go into, when you're setting up your episode, and you have all the fields you're filling out, your episode description, the subtitle, that kind of stuff. And we have the season field, the episode field. And then there's a drop down where you could put, uh, I think it's full episode bonus and trailer Yep, are the options. So you just want to make sure you label it as trailer because then all the directories know, hey, this is the trailer. Throw this up at the top. All right. So one thing Travis has got here on the list is talking about the curse of knowledge. And the curse of knowledge is... Whenever someone's an expert in a field, it's really, really hard for that person to remember what it was like to not know about that thing. And so you actually often have this weird dynamic where um, the best person to teach a subject is often not the ultimate expert. It's somebody who's only one or two steps ahead of you. Um, so you see this in schools where teachers actually use students who are ahead to help teach students or maybe a little bit behind um, learning from people who are just a little bit ahead of you. And one reason I like this topic is um, I was talking to Tom of What Pods, and he's doing this like podcasting community. We were talking today, and we were talking about communities, and I realized, I was like, we totally see this in the podcasting community. Um, you see someone come in, they're like, hey, what's uh, the best microphone? And like the first three comments will almost always be like, are you kidding me? Use the search function. <laughs> like, And it's always people who are like, that's the most basic question. Not in our Facebook group, surely. Right. No, this isn't. Yeah, this isn't Maybe really ours. Others, We're a bit yes. more strict on it, but you do see it. Mm -hmm. And it's a bummer because you're like, you guys, this is the first person. This is this person's first question ever. And all they're getting is, don't you know how to search? Which it's like the curse of knowledge to the expert. 
that's the question that gets asked all the time. What's the best host? What's the best microphone? How do I record? What's audacity? You know, these are pretty early questions, but everyone has them. And so it's almost like you've forgotten what it was like to enter this world and thus you've lost empathy for it. Yeah. And we create, I don't know if you've noticed as a, as a Buzzsprout content consumer, um, <laughs> I'm assuming you consume our content because you're listening to this episode. Uh, we do, we do have a lot of kind of entry level, just getting into podcasting content and we're always coming out with new content. So even though we have like, you know, this epic miniature ebook on how to start a podcast on our website, we were still like, well, let's also create a podcast. And then this week we actually launched our, how to po- start a podcast video series on YouTube and video one is up right now, which you can go. Is and- it really? Yes. Oh, yes. Nice. When we, when we release this episode on Friday, episode, episode one of how to start a podcast on YouTube will be live. Okay. Cool. Um, and so, so yeah, so we're always going back to the well of how can we help people that are just getting started and, but it's not just for, you know, people like us, companies like us that are serving people that are just getting started. But even as a podcaster, when you have an expertise, when you have a niche, it's very easy to talk above the people in your audience, right? To assume that they know things that maybe they don't. And so one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up was really just to brainstorm and just kind of collect the, the wisdom that we've all gained over the last several years of ways to stay connected to the people that are following you. Right. Because that's really the best way to not fall into the curse of knowledge. Right. To consistently be having conversations with the people you're helping, with the people you're serving with your podcast to make sure that your episodes are relevant. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the worst thing that can happen is you're making episodes. You don't know what your audience really needs. And then eventually they're like, you know what? This podcast isn't for me anymore, even though there's an opportunity there to really help them. So so I don't know. Is there anything that you guys have picked up over the years or conversations you've had or interactions you've had where. You, you've identified or, or been taught some different strategies or techniques for kind of staying in touch with your people? I think you've got to remember that majority of people are in that beginning stage and they always, always a majority of your audience will be in the beginning stage because people will uh, drop out or they will move on to more advanced content or they'll be in a stage where they can kind of train themselves and if you want to be a service to a community, then I do think you always have to make yourself accessible to people who are kind of new to things. Does that make sense? Yeah. So one thing that Pat Flynn does, Pat Flynn, front of the podcast, glad we're is, friends here. is every every single month he will co- like contact 10 to 15 new email subscribers and say, hey, let's jump on a call just to see where they're coming from, what kind of problems they're facing to make sure that the content he's creating and the projects he's working on are actually going to help and serve the people that are coming into his space. Um, Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. I think what happens is it's, you know, in podcasting specifically, you you get to choose your audience. Um, And I think what we're talking about, tell me if I'm wrong, guys, but we you might be thinking you have an audience that is these beginners, right? Whatever the topic is, but you're, you, you think I'm attracting the beginners, but then you might be, you know, talking above them or something like that. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with, um, niching down and getting more specific or more technical on the topic that you are choosing. The problem is when there's a misalignment between the message exactly. you're sending and the audience that you think you have. 
Yeah. And also, we want to make sure that you continually recognize that the more detailed or more technical, more specific, more of an expert you become, the more niche your audience is going to be. So, um, you know, Travis is just talking about Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn is teaching um, smart passive income techniques, and he's teaching ways to do that and get your message out in various mediums. And he's teaching it to beginners. But if he wanted to teach, like, um, leveling up, so you already have an online marketing business, and how do we level that up? Well, now he just took his potential audience size from, say, 10 million down to 2 or 3 million because there's a lot more people who are interested in starting that or exploring right. that idea than there are people who are already somewhat successful in and now want to take it to the next level. Kind of going back to my example about how people talk in the Facebook communities, I think that it the confusion is that if you've been in a community for five years, which some of the people in there have been, you almost assume that everybody else has been there about as long as you. And so you're baffled when someone says, what's the best microphone? You're like, come on, man, we've been here forever. We've been at this party for a long time. Well, the, you have to remember the guy, most of the people asking questions are brand new. And so their perspective is I just entered a new group and I have a great question to ask them because I finally found people who understand this question Whereas you're on the opposite side going, I've been here for five years and I've fielded 500 of the same, the same question. Um, and the community is not built communities. I don't think should really be built for the five, 10 year veteran communities are, should really be built for the new people who need a little bit of understanding and help in the beginning. That's the, when you really need it. And so maybe that's one lesson I can take away from this is, um, if you're going to be serving a community, it's often people who are beginners and never lose sight of the fact that they probably have not listened to every one of your episodes. They haven't been on this journey as long as you. And if you're going to serve them, probably the way to do that is to make sure you're not using like technical lingo, getting frustrated at basic questions, et cetera. Like most of your audience are going to be new entrants. Well, I think there's certainly an opportunity to mature your content and mature your offerings to your audience as you start progressing or maybe I don't I don't want to say get bored because that's that's not the right connotation but I feel like there will become a depth to your knowledge that will allow you to expand your offerings to your audience so as some of your audience will join you right from the beginning and they'll be on that same journey with you and then at a certain point you'll say I'm kind of tired of talking about this stuff at a super high level like an, an intro level and I want to go deeper. I want to go next level. Um, and there will be, let's say you had a couple hundred listeners who were with you initially. They'll be ready to go with you as well. Um, but maybe break that off into a separate offering. So maybe start another podcast or have bonus episodes where we do more in-depth stuff. Or start an email newsletter. Um, maybe start private Facebook groups. Maybe do offer private coaching or mastermind groups. Like there's ways to expand your offerings for people who started your journey with you and are ready for the next level, the next level, the next level. But there might always be an opportunity like Tony Robbins or Gary Vaynerchuk. Like they're, they're getting up and giving motivational speeches. But if you look like the talk that Tony Robbins gave to 10,000 people at the seminar 10 years ago isn't super different than the one he's giving today. But 10 years ago, he might not have been running dozens of mastermind classes that he's running today as well. So, so you're saying maybe there's a time where you launch another community. If you're like, Hey, I'm ready to start doing something a bit more in depth here. Maybe it's incumbent on you to launch something separate and say, Hey, anyone in community one who's ready to graduate, come with me over here. 
community one's always going to exist for the thousands of people who are just discovering this now. Right. And that's just being mindful and, and aware that we don't want our content to be a mismatch for the audience that we're attracting. So if we're doing a good job of attracting new people into, let's just, well, a funnel analogy into the top of this funnel, we don't want to abandon the top of that funnel if it's working well, just to be able to go to the next level deep. We want to keep that offering what it is and make sure the content that we're putting out continues to speak to those people. And we have a new offering somewhere else that is that you invite those people who came into the top of your funnel, a new place to move and get a different level of content. I think those are, those are all really great stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't expecting the conversation to go that way, but I was very happy with where it went. Um, Yeah, no. So I think especially the point that you made Kevin about being mindful of your audience, I think goes back to, I think it's very easy as a podcaster to be selfish with your podcast and be like, well, this is my podcast. And a certain element of that is true, right? I can do creatively what I would like to do with my podcast. But the wise thing to do would be, how do I continue to invest in the people that have rewarded me with their subscription and are continuing to listen to episodes? How do I make sure that I reinforce that that was a good decision and continue to build loyalty with them? Um, And I think the point that you made about, you know, not even necessarily limiting yourself to one podcast or one way to connect with your audience, I think is is a great perspective. And that's something, I mean, we fragment our pot, our content as well, right? So we have different podcasts, which are totally different shows that serve different kinds of people, right? So like how to start a podcast that Alvin and I did last year, um, that was for someone who's never started a podcast before ever. And then we have five minute Mondays, which is kind of like a continuing education for people that are in podcasting, where you're always learning new techniques and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so those serve two different kinds of people, even though they're kind of all under the podcaster umbrella. Um, and so I think that's definitely a smart way to approach it. And then kind of going back to what are some ways to stay connected to your audience, some things that I thought about as we were talking here was uh, to, if you have an email list, like reach out to people on your email list and say, hey, just want to connect with you, see how things are going, see how I can help you if you have any ideas for the show. I think in all of our podcasts, we have a, a link to a Google form. Every single podcast that we have. Five. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. Minute Monday podcasts and Buzzcast episodes. Every single show notes has a link to a form where you can submit topics. You can submit questions and ideas. And I did that because I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that these episodes actually serve the people that listen to them. Right. right. And so I don't want us to miss something really obvious because we just weren't thinking about it, but half of our audience is, right? And so giving people opportunities to give you ideas, um, talking to your audience, I've found is the best way to find ideas for podcast episodes. Sometimes you can kind of get stuck and you're like, I don't really know what else to talk about. The easiest way to figure out new topics is to talk to people that listen to your podcast and be like, what would you like to listen to? Right. What would you like me to talk about? And then let them come up with those ideas for you and then just execute them. And now not only have you gotten a free idea that makes your podcast better, but now they feel even more loyal to you as a listener because they feel like they're a part of making the show into something that really serves them. All right. So were any of our topics today taken from that Google sheet? Not today. Not today because today is more of a news heavy day. Okay. But uh, in the past, I would say probably 10 to 20 percent of our topics are coming coming from those forms. All right. So if you have a topic you want us to talk about or you want to be a part of, check out the description and there's a link to a Google form there. Yes, there is. Absolutely. 
So earlier in the episode, we talked about Apple Podcasts and them helping you launch your show more effectively by being able to hide your feed from their app. We talked about how Spotify is now kind of curating and serving up new podcast episodes. And so to close out this episode, I thought it'd be cool to kind of share some tips, just some practical things that you can do to grow your podcast audience, because that's something that we're all trying to do, whether it's because you want to make more money so you can leave your nine to five job or you really are passionate about what you're sharing and you want to help more people. So, Kevin, why don't we start with you? What are some some practical things that we can do to help grow our podcasts? Okay, I don't have some, but I have one new one that we haven't talked about before. (laughs) Kevin is, by the way, decided to go first in case Kevin's and my one that we have each are the same. He's like, I'm getting mine in first. (laughs) (laughs) Pulling that seniority, pulling that rank. Yeah, they're probably not the same, but just in case. Uh, so what I stumbled upon this week was somebody who was in our Facebook community group and they were talking about, is there a way to email, send out an email every time a new episode drops? And the use case for when this makes sense is if you're launching a show and it's targeted towards people who aren't necessarily podcast heavy listeners, and you're having to do a lot of marketing in the non-podcast, like traditional podcast marketing ways to reach listeners who aren't already listening to a bunch of podcasts, then this could be really helpful. So like my wife, for example, she does not load up her podcast app every single day and check for new episodes and figure out what she's going to listen to as she's driving around. So for her, it would be really helpful if there was a show that she liked where she could just pop in her email address and get an email every time a new episode dropped because she does check her email every day. And so we're, I was trying to figure out how we could solve this problem. And somebody else recommended that MailChimp has a solution for this built in. And MailChimp has a free plan that has like a huge number of subscribers for you can, free, right? You can have 2,000 email subscribers on their free plan. Yeah. Wow. And so it's it's completely free, and you can um, go into MailChimp, and they've got some sort of RSS tool or something, but you can drop in your RSS feed that you get from Buzzsprout, and then you can create an email template. And then every time uh, MailChimp sees a new item appear in your RSS feed, it will automatically send that out to all of your subscribers. And so I thought, that's fantastic for people who don't, you know, check their podcast apps regularly, or you're attracting a non-technical audience who isn't into podcasting. It's a great way to make sure that they know that you have new episodes dropping. Yeah, especially if you are building your podcast as like an additional piece to something you've already been working on. Yeah, and you have an email list, you have a customer list, and you want to clue them into this podcast that you've started. Yeah, then that's a great tool to continue to kind of keep it top of mind. Like, hey, I'm glad you're do you're using these products or offerings that I have. Go ahead and check out my free podcast as well. And so when you can automate that process, because you can also customize the emails, so it's not just a bunch of, you know, garbage. Right. Um, you can actually make it look how you want to and on brand. Right. Um, and MailChimp will give you a link so you can say, hey, if you're listening to this episode and you're enjoying it and you want to make sure you get notified of future episodes, click the link in my show notes to sign up and we'll email you every time a new episode drops. Right. So that'll go to a form that they can put their email information in and they subscribe to your list. Yep. Yeah. So and then if you don't use if you don't use uh, MailChimp. I imagine there's probably some Zapier connections. Yes. With all the other, because they have connections. Zapier. 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 (laughs) Um, Tomato, tomato. I actually don't know anyone who calls it a tomato. That's true. I don't think I've ever heard that. Potato. Yes. Uh, Pecan or pecan. That's more contextual. Depends on if it's a pie or not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Where is this podcast going? Off the rails. Um, but yeah, so if you use like. Is it in a pie or not? (laughs) Is it a pecan pie? (laughs) Pecan. (laughs) <laughs> if you use Infusionsoft or Aweber or ConvertKit, then you can create these zaps. And, and Zapier essentially just says, hey, you have these two separate pieces of software and you want them to talk to each other. 
we'll make that connection happen. And so you can connect it with an RSS feed to all these different email providers and do different things with it. So if you don't use MailChimp, you can also check out Zapier to see if they have some features for you. Yep. All right. So we've got our tip from Travis Albritton, head of content at Zapier. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mine is uh, try to find some blogs that would really push new listeners and then try to get listed on them. So if you've got a comedy podcast, go into Google and search best comedy podcasts and open up a couple of those pages and you mean comedy blogs? No, no, I would say search best comedy podcast. Okay. And then open up the blogs that are up there cuz they'll be like the 10 best po- comedy podcasts of 2019. Or and then you open it and then reach out to the people who run it. And I think many of them, they're not willing to rewrite their whole blog post for you, but what they might be willing to do is, um, I kind of thought of this idea talking to some, uh, some people who write this type of blogs. They're like, you know, AdWords on here don't make a lot of money. And I was like, well, what if you had podcasters who could sponsor the page with their podcast for a couple hundred bucks a month? And they would be getting hundreds of clicks to their podcast. So imagine if it said like, what are the best, what's the best podcast, you know, best comedy podcast. And at the top, it said sponsored by the Kevin comedy hour. And you could go cool and you could click it and listen to that. These are people who are looking for comedy, even though they know this one wasn't like one of the top 10. It is in front of someone who really would matter for. And I haven't seen anyone do this yet. I haven't seen blogs really pushing to let people sponsor it. And I haven't seen podcasters asking to sponsor it. So if I had a podcast that was trying to grow and I had a little bit of money, um, even if it was just a nominal amount, you know, hey, I'll give you 50 bucks a month. Uh, I bet you could get some serious traction by reaching out to blogs and saying, hey, I'd like to sponsor that one page. Is that available? Yeah. A lot of times they'll also say, you know, hey, let us know your favorite comedy podcast in the comments. And so there is an opportunity for you to drop a link to your show. You might want to say, hey, it's actually my show, but I think it's pretty good. Um, I like it. Yeah. (laughs) There might be an opportunity to do that. And there's also an opportunity to reach out to the author, whoever wrote the post and say, Hey, great list. Fantastic. Here's a link to my show. Would love to be considered for next year. Next time you do a post like this, or if you ever update it, like Alvin said, they might be reluctant. Most, most of the times they're not necessarily going to rewrite that post that they just pushed live and it's been performing well for them. But keep me in mind for the future is a great way. And if you start building that network, then over time that will pay off. Well, and absolutely. Another example that you've, I know that we've brought up, and I can't remember all the context, so this is probably new for Buzzcast, was the Supreme Court example you gave where there was like a blog-podcast collaboration. And that's advice I'd given to podcasters as well, where it's like, you know, one person was like, I have this really niche podcast about random sports that you didn't know existed in the world, and I'm trying to figure out ways to grow that. And there's this website um, where people go and they just find interesting tidbits about the places they're visiting. And so I was like, why don't you reach out to them and say, hey, you have guest contributors to your website. What if I had my podcast episodes as, you know, featuring events that happen in these cities that you could highlight? And so that was a collaboration that she was able to make a connection with. And this is a website that gets hundreds of thousands of visits. And now she is the only podcast content on that website with people that would be interested in what her podcast episodes are about. Right. So finding unique ways to collaborate with other creators that are looking for content outside of what they're creating is another great way to get your podcast in front of new people. You can do that in any format. I mean, go onto YouTube and 
find people that are doing really hilarious comedy that you're into and say, Hey, would you like to come onto my podcast and do like you and I, you'll be on my podcast for five episodes in a row. And the only thing I would ask is that we film them and you put them on your YouTube channel and you, those collaborations uh, create a lot of crossover and they go, I've always wanted to do a podcast and now I have an entryway and you say, well, I've always wanted to get in front of YouTube viewers. So now I've got an entry and you, maybe this is a, maybe tie this back to the curse of knowledge. If you're already podcasting, you don't remember probably how difficult it was to start. And you definitely don't remember back when you had no clue what to do. You're like, I know there's a microphone involved, but I don't know beyond that. <laughs> well, lots of YouTubers, we talk, anytime we talk to someone on YouTube, they're like, what do I do for a podcast? I'm like, what you're doing is so much more difficult. At least to me it is. And I forgot what it might be like for them looking at podcasting going, I don't know the first thing about that. Well, share your expertise in podcasting with somebody in another space, and they're probably super excited to get a podcast into their workflow, and maybe you can get their audience listening to your show as well. Yeah, and if you're looking for more uh, growth strategies, we have a blog with 50 of them, 50 marketing tips from fellow podcasters, things that people are actually doing in real life and are working for them. So I'll make sure to leave a link to that blog post in the show notes as well, so you can go and check that out. Um, but that about wraps it up for us today. If you're not a part of our Facebook group, our Buzzsprout Podcast community, definitely make sure that you jump in there. Um, we just started a new kind of post where uh, we're kind of facilitating some more guest interview connections. So every single Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, uh, we're dropping a, a post where you can say, hey, this is my podcast, this is what it's about, and these are the guests that I'm looking for. And then anyone in the community can see that and say, hey, I would actually be a great fit for your podcast. And the first post that we did had over 400 comments in the in a week. And so a great opportunity for you if you're trying to get some guests for your show or you want to connect with other podcasters that are in similar genres or similar categories, that could be a great resource for you. And again, that's in our Facebook group. So go to the, just click the link in the show notes and join our Facebook group if you're not there yet. And like Alvin mentioned, if you have something you want us to talk about on a future episode of Buzzcast, there's a a link in the show notes where you can fill out a short Google form and give us some ideas for topics that you want us to talk about. Uh, but that's it, guys. Thanks for sticking with us, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.